close relationship with them and want to know how to achieve it. Here's your host, Ivory Lanoue, renowned angel communicator. Do you want to know more about angels? Are you ready to level up your spiritual journey? Then you are going to love my inner circle and Patreon. Membership includes great benefits like virtual workshops, mentoring programs, topical videos, interesting posts, a supportive, like-minded community, discounted sessions with me, and access to a library of videos and posts on topics you care about like angels, spirituality, healing, and personal growth. Join and begin your spiritual expansion today. That's the Angel Room Inner Circle on Patreon. Welcome to the show. As you know, today's topic is angels in the environment. I think that might be confusing to some people, but I have to tell you um, my story with this and what set me off on being a personal environmentalist. It's not that I do it for a living, obviously, but I am passionate about the environment. So in 1985, I was living in Prescott. My daughter was very young and I was, ha I was in the midst of this massive spiritual awakening. I was seeing astral beings and more angels than usual. And they were talking to me and it was just, it was very hard to get any sleep. And I was pretty broken down. I, I didn't realize at that time back so long ago that I could set boundaries with this, which has been so nice because I can help my clients with that, with, teaching them when they're at that point so that they don't have to continue feeling like they're going to lose their little minds. But the point being that in 85, there was in the midst of all of that, one night I had two angels come to me and it was, it was like they sat on either side of me and there was this giant screen in front of us and, and my room, my house was just gone and it was like sitting in a movie theater, just three people in a giant movie theater looking at that huge white screen. And what they started, they didn't say anything. They just showed me planet Earth. And then they started showing me floods and fires and war and earthquakes. And, and they showed me mountains of garbage. And they showed me like poisonous things. Poison, everything was like poisonous and it was horrifying that, you know, especially because they're not saying anything. It was just really upsetting. And 
and uh, it got worse and worse as it moved ahead. And they told me afterwards that it's sort of like the movie ended. And then they said to me, you have to do something about this. And I remember coming out of that and thinking, what am I supposed, I'm, I'm a young mother. You know, I, I worked a radio station at that time. And actually, no, I wasn't working at the radio station yet. That's true. It was like, it was like two years before I started there. So I was still managing a financial planning firm and I'm just a young mother. You know, I was, I was 25 years old and I remember just being overwhelmed and feeling like I had to do something. Clearly my angels are telling me I have to do something. So finally, upon reflection, I decided at that point, what I could do was things I could do on a personal level. And I still, I mean, I'm back to kind of focusing on that at this point mostly, but I'll tell you more about that. So it made such an impact upon me. Uh, my daughter, Michelle, and I used to, we lived right next to the woods and we used to play in the woods, go for walks in the neighborhood and in the woods and different trails. And we started taking a garbage bag with us and we would just pick up trash everywhere we walked. It's just something we did. And she does it with her boys now. I continue to do that. Like it's just really an affront to me to see trash lying around. I don't like it in nature. I don't like it in town. Um, I have issues with litterers. <laughs> you know, I've definitely uh, gently intervened with people and said, you know, I don't know if you know what that does to the environment. You know, could you just please put that in a trash can? And yes, I've had some encounters where people are very nasty, but I still feel like part of what I'm supposed to do is share this information. So my angels lately have been telling me, Ivory, you've got to talk about this on your show. And I originally I was thinking, well, maybe I'll just do a separate show about the environment. But they're like, no, the people who are interested in angels, who are connecting with their angels, they need to hear this info. So I will tell you that not long after that, I did get a job in radio. And very shortly into it, one of my duties was creating promotions. And my angels are like, here's your chance. And I thought, you are so right. So I began organizing. First, it was Earth Day coming up. And I organized a lot of cleanups of waterways and trails, uh, different areas, parks, just all kinds of cleanups of trash and, and like old tires and cars and and things like that. And they were big cleanups and it really helped. It was really made a difference in those areas and it got people motivated. So once Earth Day was over, you know, I, I Earth Day is every day to me. So I just kept it going like once a month or so we'd have some sort of cleanup, something for the environment, awareness and involvement of the community. And people really got into it. And, and I was excited by that because I felt like, okay, it's great what I can do by myself, but I want to make a bigger difference. So that was great. And I was there for five and a half years and we did a whole lot of environmental cleanups and celebrations just to get awareness out. But around that same time too, I would say simultaneously with that is when I started recycling. So 1987, I started recycling and I'd only got more serious since then. I mean, I got to tell you, if it can be recycled, I recycle it. That means I pay extra money to have my recycling separated from trash. I do that and picked up separately. Fine. It's worth it to me. 
I go out of my way once a month. I take things that they don't pick up like glass and batteries and light bulbs and those big blocks of styrofoam. I take those to the recycling center. I take those light bulbs, the LED light bulbs that are like twisty. I take those back to um, a hardware store where I bought it and they recycle them. I take, if they're fluorescent lights, which we don't even hardly use at our office, but occasionally there one will go out and I'll take that. I have to drive that longer, but um, I'll save those up and drive them to where they need to go. But at home, I what I do is as I'm going through my day, I'm thinking, okay, here's paper, clean cardboard, uh, bottles, you know, cans, anything that can possibly be recycled. And, and just know that plastic number one or two will be recycled. But anything other than that, if it's plastic bags of some sort and they're like number four and it says take to your grocery store, you can put it in with your plastic shopping bags you get from a grocery store and they'll recycle all that there. But those things in between really don't get recycled. So just so you know. And here's something I've learned over the years um, because I belong to a local environmental group and they have wonderful speakers come in that's been kind of on hold because of COVID, but they would come to Yavapai College in Sedona and give presentations. And one of them was a company in Flagstaff who was talking about the truth about American landfills. And the truth is nothing is biodegradable if it goes to a, a landfill in America because they're lined with plastic to prevent methane escaping the landfills. And so it ha anything biodegradable has to touch soil to biodegrade. So if you own your own property and you have a way of like burying some biodegradables on your property, that would work. But otherwise, uh, I wouldn't get too excited about the biodegradables until they solve that issue with the landfills. I was really upset when I learned that too. My angels are like, you're doing good. You're doing what you can. Don't worry. So I started sharing that info with others and, and I met some resistance, family and friends, but um, some of my family, like they were angry at me when I said, did you realize you have to wash your recyclable, recyclable items before you put them in the bin? No, you don't. Look it up. <laughs> I'm not going to argue it, but yeah, you do. If they're not clean, they won't recycle them. So uh, just something to be aware of. You know, it doesn't take much. And I'm going to show you real quick, like what I have for that. I have a ton of items I'm going to show you today. This is a show and tell show. So if you're listening to this on a podcast, you're going to want to go, if you're interested in these items and seeing what I do, go to my YouTube channel, which is my name, Ivory Lanou, and you can see them. So I have seven brushes. I bought a set of seven brushes to clean out varying items I want to recycle. So this is for big bottles, cans, this one for medium size items. And then I have this little gem, which is great. It cleans out straws. I love smoothies. So it's great for cleaning out smoothies, but it's also great for small bottles. And that helps me thoroughly wash those items so that I can put them in the recycling bin. And I just put them, I put all my stuff aside. And then at the end of the day, I walk it all out into my recycling bin. Done. Pretty easy. And it's just getting into the habit of it, really. It's 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 second nature for me at this point. And, and to the point, this is how passionate I am about recycling. If I go out to eat somewhere, and let's say they give me a drink in a plastic bottle, I'm going to ask them, do you do recycling? No, we don't. I'm going to take that bottle home with me, wash it out, and put it in my recycling. 
I've been teased about that, but I don't care. You know, either you're, you want to do your part or you don't. And it's easy. It's so easy to do this. So something I did, uh, shortly after that is I had a, a hybrid car, which I really loved. And it, I only had to get gas in that thing every six weeks. And it was fantastic. Uh, I had to get rid of that car. I'm looking for another one now. I would buy an electric car in a heartbeat, except that there's not enough charging stations. That network, that infrastructure is not there yet. And you might not know, but in Arizona, like it's nothing. You can have to drive 100 miles to go from my house to Phoenix. Uh, There's a lot of stretches that are through the middle of nowhere and long drives. It's just not feasible until there's more charging stations. So a hybrid generates its own electricity, generates the electricity to recharge the battery in the car. So as you're driving, as you're braking, you're generating more battery power, which is why you can go so much further on a tank of gas. And I really want to get back to that. Currently, I drive a little car. It doesn't take a lot of gas, but it's not as good as my hybrid. So definitely going back to that, highly recommend it. And some things around that too would be that I would, and I still do this, I plan my errands to minimize the amount of driving I'm doing because every mile we drive is putting emissions into the air and our air is suffering greatly. Uh, 25 years ago, or maybe 30 years ago in uh, up in central Arizona where I live, they were talking about how Phoenix, if they don't do something to create a really big public transportation network that the pollution would be as bad as LA. And it's bad. It's really bad. I can see it from a hundred miles away, especially when I get to the switchbacks down the mountain into the valley, I can see that haze lying there. It's, um, it's terrible. And there's days that they tell you don't go outside. You know, if you have any kind of breathing difficulty, stay inside and they'll just tell everybody if you can possibly stay inside, please do. So we've had all this warning, and so anything we can do to clean up the air is great. Another thing is I don't speed. Boy, do I get grief from some certain family members about this, and I I should just come out and tell them, every mile you go above the speed limit is more emissions you're putting out there. So yeah, sometimes it's tempting to go faster, but I just have trained myself to leave on time or early, you know, leave a little earlier than you think you need to and resist it. Everyone else seems to be speeding. I get past all the time, but I just keep telling myself, you know what, you need to do the right thing for the, for the air, for the environment. Uh, I keep my car well-maintained. You know, I, I get it into the shop as recommended. I get it tuned up. I get oil changes done. Those are not just things to lengthen the life of your car, but they actually make it run cleaner. So a lot of people don't know that. Something I do, uh, it's a little, I've gotten used to it, but at first it made my life uncomfortable a bit, but I decided to be less comfortable. And what I did was I, like right now in winter, I have my thermostat, I keep it at 67 during the day. So it's a little chilly, but I, I just put layers on. In the summer, I keep it at 80 during the day. And it's a little warm, but not, not unbearable. And I've gotten used to it. So those little differences, every degree you can, you can lower it in the winter and raise it uh, opposite. Yeah. And raise it in the summer. Yes, that's right. 
is going to really be helpful, not only for the environment, because but the generation, the electricity that it takes to generate that power, it reduces that as well, because there's a footprint for all of that. And a footprint means the amount of effect that that is having on the planet, on the environment. Uh, something I started doing years ago. Let me just make it very clear here because I don't want you thinking I just like woke up in 85 and did all of this stuff. No, since 85, these are the things I've done in the order I started doing them as I just realized here's something else I can do. And sometimes it's something a person says. Sometimes it's a presentation. Sometimes it's like a YouTube video that inspires me or I'll see something on Pinterest. I'm like, oh my gosh, or I'll even visit a home. There's a, a lovely architect in Sedona and I visited her home and she inspired me to do several changes at my house. So keep your eyes open for things that you can do, you can afford to do and you're willing to do and just take it in easy steps as you're motivated. So the next thing was, I've never been much of a meat eater, so it wasn't that hard to cut back way back on beef, pork, and chicken. Those are the three meats that um, is the hardest on the environment to grow it, to produce it, you know, to raise these animals. And um, that wasn't hard for me. You know, I think I have some family members who love their beef, and I'm like, so maybe you can have like like you have it twice a week for a while and then eventually you go to once a week you don't you don't have to cut it out completely if you don't want to but every little bit that you reduce helps and so what does that leave that leaves fish and seafood you know that's fine there's other meats out there too that you can certainly have so um and again it doesn't mean you have to eliminate it completely but what I've gotten used to is I, I have, if I'm going to have meat, I have a little bit of meat and I cut it up in little bits. So it's throughout a big dish. I don't rarely sit down and just like eat a piece of meat, like a steak or a piece of chicken. That's, that's unusual. And I don't really miss it. You know, I think I'm just the kind of person that feels better if I eat mostly vegetables and you have to, you have to do this based on what is right for you. You know, what I do is not necessarily the best thing for you. Um, I also buy local produce when it's available. And luckily, the Verde Valley where we live is, where I live here, is a farming area. So there's orchards, there's local pecans and peaches and apples. There's, oh my goodness, I found this little homestead I buy things from and they grow pomegranates and they home make a ton of stuff from their garden and their orchard. There's people who grow fantastic tomatoes and there's little farms growing organic vegetables of all different kinds. So, you know, during the warm months into about mid-October, I can get local produce at a variety of places. And it's so much better because the more, the longer, farther away that food is shipped to you, the more the footprint, the larger the footprint. So the more impact it has negatively on our planet, on our environment. An environment just, you know, is meaning the soil, the water, the air. Uh, a big one has been, and I'm, I'm not perfect on this. Please do not think I am, but I work really hard at this, all of this. And the next one was ending food wastage. Through some of those presentations in that environmental group I'm in, I learned that the two biggest things you can do 
to make a personal difference would be eat less meat, the kinds that I mentioned earlier, and waste less food. And so I really don't like going grocery shopping. So I would try to go like once every week and a half and I would end up wasting fresh produce. And it really bothered me and became more so after I saw their presentation and my angels were talking to me and they're like, you need to go to the store and buy less food. And I know part of it is growing up in a very big family. I grew up in a family of seven and I cooked and I got used to it. I know my sister does the same thing. Like we still want to cook for a family of seven. It's like, what the world? It's like just ingrained in us, but it's just me. So, you know, how much produce, how much fresh produce can you or your household logically eat, reasonably eat in a week? I actually go twice a week to get my fresh produce now. And it works much better. And I everything I get, I end up buying half of what I want to buy. That seems to work out really well because I love vegetables so much. I'll be like, oh, I need a head of broccoli and a head of cauliflower. I need this uh, two kinds of lettuce and I'm going to get this. This and end up with half a shopping cart of groceries, you know, that are just fresh produce. I'm not going to eat that in time. So I've gone down to just like, what do I need for the next few days? And then I go back and, and I'll do my main shopping then. And then halfway through the week, I go back and get any produce I still need. Usually it's going to be fresh fruit that that tends to go bad so fast. So those are some things that you can do just really thinking about it and, and regarding food and not wasting it. I have found it really helpful to base my meals on what I have in my refrigerator. And that is not a revelation. There's been people doing that for a long time, but a lot of people have gotten into this habit. And I did too, for a while of eating by your, your whim. What do you feel like eating tonight? Okay. Yes. But that's how a lot of food gets wasted. So now I might say, Oh, I really feel like having, um, I really feel like having East Indian. I'm going to make that. But then I look in the fridge and I'm like, you've got vegetables that need to be used up. So I'll tell myself, you make a stir fry tonight and tomorrow night. And then the next night you can make East Indian. And that's fine because it really satisfies my craving because I know it's going to be satisfied soon. And yet I feel good because I'm using up the things that would have gone bad. So every time you find yourself throwing food into the trash, Really think about it, you know, just start thinking about how much you really need for your particular home. Um, okay, I talked about that. Okay, the next thing, boy, I don't know why this didn't occur to me a lot earlier. I think I was resistant because of the ease of use. And that is the topic of single-use plastics. But I have to tell you that a point came where I'd pull out my plastic wrap and my angels would say, you know, that's not good to use. I'd hear them very clearly. And I'd be like, I do. I know. I know. I shouldn't buy that anymore. And they're like, and they would be silent. You know, they wouldn't say anything because they know I know. So it came to a point where I stopped buying it. And then you're like, now what do I do? You know, I tried those, those wax, beeswax paper things. And I found that they get brittle and they break. They didn't work so good for me. So I'm going to show you what I do. First off, I buy this foil. It's 100% recycled. I used to have to buy it online, but now I can get it at natural grocers. They carry it and amongst many other items that I used to have to buy online. So um, it's great. It's a little thinner than 
uh, it's not going to be like that barbecue foil you get, but it's it's closer to like normal foil, and it's 100% recycled. So you can recycle tin foil as long as it's clean, and I, I try to clean mine whenever possible and recycle it because it gets made back into more of this 100% recycled foil. So you might not even know that exists. And then another thing, I had been wanting this and... My uh, One of my relatives bought the set for me last Christmas. I have weird things on my Christmas wish list, let me tell you. These are silicone. And so silicone, it looks a little bit like plastic, but it's a little stickier. Silicone products are sand-based. They're not plastic. So let me hold this where you can see it. So let me show you. This is the littlest, the littlest size, so it's real stretchy. So if I have something I want to put a lid on, like a bowl of something... I have sizes from that one up to this size that I can fit over. You should be able to hear me now. <laughs> so how long has that been going on, Cynthia? Well, she's not answering. So um, let me just say the silicone lasts a long time. You shouldn't put it in the dishwasher, you know, just hand wash it, let it dry. And I have another product. This is a silicone bag. So I don't use Ziploc bags unless I, oh, good. And can you hear me now? Oh, good. Just making sure you can all hear me. Uh, thank you, Cynthia. I appreciate that. I gave up Ziploc bags unless I receive something in the mail that has it, then I'll wash it, dry it, and I'll use it until it can't be used anymore. But I don't buy them. So I have these silicone bags. It's called a stasher. has the opening at the top. It works like this is one of the larger. There's larger than this. There's smaller. I have all different sizes. Again, it's silicone, so it's sand-based. So you're not using something that you're just going to throw in the trash. And even if it does, this will not act like plastic and be around for a thousand years. It breaks down naturally, even if it doesn't touch soil. A couple other things I do in the kitchen that are storage-related. I use these. I'm going to take one out and show it to you. I use these paper bags. If I need to wrap up something small, it's just a paper bag with a little opening. It even has a sticky strip if you want it. I never use it, but just something you can wrap a small thing up in that doesn't involve a small Ziploc. So another option. This is plastic, but I've had it for years. So if you're going to buy something, make sure it's sturdy. See how hard this plastic is? This is actually recyclable. And it's a number one. So number one is the best recyclable. It'll always be recycled. It's it's. There's a lot of companies that want that. It's just a little sandwich holder. I use it every day for my, my lunch that I take a sandwich to work. And I usually take my lunch. And it, you just put it in here. You don't have to use any kind of bag or wrap or anything. And, and it, I've had this seven or eight years or more. So I actually have another little box that's like a plastic bento box. Still in perfect shape 12 years later. If you're going to get something, make sure it's number one plastic. You can see it in the little rectangle. There's a little triangle at the bottom that tells you if it's recyclable and then there'll be a number in it. So number one plastic 
you can recycle that and it'll last a long time because it's hard. If So I try not to buy plastic at all now, but those are things I already had and they've been really good products. Uh, I switched to natural products. I actually became, I've always been sensitive. I have asthma. I've got allergies to so many things my whole life. And at some point, suddenly I couldn't use things with chemicals in it. Uh, it started with uh, products on my skin. I had to switch to organic and then laundry detergent. You know, I had to use things that are really gentle and, and I couldn't stand. I could, had to stop wearing perfumes, colognes, no scented candles. I mean, it just hit me hard and pretty quickly. So some of the changes I've made and, and, oh, I want to say like, even if you don't have sensitivities to those things now, just know that more and more people are developing them because we're so imbued with chemicals in our life now. So you might want to try some of these changes even now so that maybe you don't become chemically sensitive. Uh, some of the things are, my niece used to sell Young Living, and when she moved, she gave me like six bottles of this thieves oil, and I mix it with water into a spray bottle, and I use it to clean the floors, counters, bathrooms. Um, it's essential oil-infused, ultra-concentrated, so like this one bottle lasts many years. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm set for life with that. Thank you, Heather. And then I buy some products from Grove Collaborative. Uh, this is a natural stain remover spray. So there are all kinds of alternatives to things you may have been using. Um, I, I'm the laundry queen here. I like, you know, I like to take care of my clothes really well. Um, I've discovered this product. It's really good. Uh, this is called Molly Suds, and it's for whitening fabrics, and it does it with lemon. It works really well. So uh, instead of bleaching, you know, some people can't handle that. Uh, one other thing, well, maybe two. I use these. Let me take two of them out. These are wool dryer balls. I switched to these years ago. Uh, my niece, actually, same niece, Heather, inspired me on that. So I have six of these in my dryer. They're a little noisy, but with the clothes in there, I just tune it out. I don't even hear it anymore. They replace dryer sheets. There's no scent, no chemicals. The more balls you put in your dryer, the less static you'll have. So in summer, I only need three. In winter, I need six. And um, they're 100% natural fabric. Uh, frankly, I just don't want the chemicals on my body. And then one other thing. No, that's kind of... I want to make sure I'm not jumping ahead. <laughs> okay. So the next thing that happened was eliminating single-use paper. So as much as possible, I, I, I just had this revelation, and then my angels are like, about time. <laughs> I'm like, I felt so silly. I'm sure it's because I'm so busy most of the time that I am just not picking up on things when I should all the time. I think we all have moments of that. But I realized that I don't need to use Kleenex for myself Unless I have a bad cold or I'm sick because you can easily spread germs. But I bought three dozen of these plain white cotton handkerchiefs, the kind men used to carry, and some men still do. And so do I. That's what I use at home unless I'm sick. That's what I use at my car, at my office for myself. And I you know, just wash those and you can bleach them and fold them and there you go. 
um, the other thing was paper towels. I, I realized I, I still have one roll and that's only if I have a hideously nasty disaster happen in the kitchen that I don't, I think I'm just going to ruin my towel, then I might use that. But I had the same roll of paper towels for four or five years now, and it's still going strong. So it really does make a difference. So let me show you what I use instead. It's not pretty anymore. I probably should get some new ones, but they're well loved. I got these, like a set of six of these at Ikea and they're hundred percent cotton absorbent and they're dry. They're like, um, dish drying cloths, but I just use these instead of paper towels. And then I wash them, you know, when they're all dirty, I wash them. And for other cleaning around the house, I use old washcloths that maybe got a stain or a tear. They're fraying a little bit. They're great for cleaning. And I actually took some to the office so we can use them there. And I'll just bring them home and wash them with the ones here. It's so easy. I mean, these are just easy. And you're going to find that you like using these cloths so much better than paper towels. They just are so much cleaner and easier to use. And another thing with eliminating paper, uh, this is the one I told you about my architect friend. I went to her house and she had stacks of cotton, nap cotton napkins. And I said, do you have paper? And she goes, no, I don't use paper ones. And I'm like, light bulb, why am I using paper napkins? I think I grew up with cloth napkins. We didn't use paper napkins. And the, at some point, I switched and I switched back. So here's what I did. It's what my friend Wendy does. She has colored ones. I bought these washcloths at a store and it, they were really inexpensive. They're hundred percent cotton. And I picked white because you can bleach them. And so they're all still in good shape. I have about three dozen of these and every day I use one, put it in the laundry when, you know, when I'm down to one, I wash them and that's it. So you do a little bit more laundry, but you're saving, you know, you're saving the environment and you're saving money. I'll tell you that right now. Here's another little thing. My parents were very fascinated with this in their recent visit. They were making coffee one morning and they, the, I'm going to, I'm going to do you a favor and show you the unused one because the used one's not so pretty, but I bought these on Etsy and there's a lady there. This is rich, Heart Wealthy Soul is her company. And she makes these linen coffee filters. And I thought, I'm going to try that. It never occurred to me. So I bought a few of them and I've been using the same one. And of course, coffee is a natural dye. And so over time, the coffee stains it. So this is the pretty, this is what they look like when you get them brand new. I should show you. No, it's too nasty. And all you have to do, you know, you need to wash it, hand wash it and dry it a few times unless you want your coffee to taste a bit like linen. But then you just use it as you would a paper liner in your coffee pot, put your coffee in. And afterwards, I let the coffee dry a bit, dump it in the trash, rinse the rest out in the sink, wash it with hot, hot and a little bit of sudsy water, rinse it again and put it to dry and it dries very quickly. So you can use the same one every day or every few days if you want. Um, I actually bought a few for when I have company because I thought it might not dry in a day with that many people and <laughs> using it more often. I mean, I just don't drink as much coffee as several people would, of course. 
Um, the next thing would be, okay, I'm going to tell you, I draw the line. I know people I've heard about people. I've read about them. They are amazing. God bless them. They have given up single use toilet paper and use recyclable toilet paper. I'm not doing that. Uh, I hope I never impress to the point that I need to do that. I'm drawing the line there, but everywhere else I strive to not use the, the disposable paper items. So, um, I think that uh, something that you can do is, and this this definitely came with time. I was in the grocery store and I was looking at buying something. I and it was something that it was a like a, a supplement or medication, uh, like Tylenol or something. And my angel said, "Look at the packaging." And I looked at it and I'm like, "What about it?" And then I realized, "Oh my gosh, they had it like they had it in a box, twice the size of the bottle, and then in this." hermetically sealed hard plastic wrap, but it's not recyclable. And so there's like double packaged unnecessarily. And I started looking at everything. Like I will not buy a product if it's not in a recyclable container, whether it's plastic, a wrap, vegetables. Like I, and I talked to the store, I asked to talk to the manager and just say, Hey, I wondered if you could consider having your store, and sometimes they'll refer me to a person at the headquarters of the grocery store and I'll talk to them nicely. You know, it's about being nice and, and just asking, is it possible for you to switch to something that's better for the environment instead of styrofoam, instead of plastic wrap, you know, or maybe you could reduce packaging. So there's companies out there that specifically address this. Um, one of them is a company called Package Free. I buy from them sometimes. They they have interest. Oh, I should have showed you that. They have interesting things like um, they have these uh, natural uh, floss for your teeth. It comes comes in a little glass container and it's refillable. So it comes with one and an extra and it lasts a long time and it, it used to break easily, but they've done something. I actually asked them to address that and probably many people did because the last batch I bought is really strong, stronger than floss you would normally get anywhere else. And so you put that in and it's going to, it's just sort of disintegrates because the products, it's not biodegradable, but it's all natural products. And they also sell, and I've tried them. I don't love them, but you might, you might. I tried two different things that they have. One is um, powder, toothpaste powder, and it's, it's baking soda based and it's vaguely orange flavored. I don't care for it, but I'm going to use it up because I bought it. And it's in a little glass thing you can recycle. And the other thing I actually save for travel, it's, I'm, I'm waiting for my grandsons to experience it. I think they'll like it. It's fizzy. It's a bottle of these little tablets. You put a f you put one in your mouth and you chew it a little bit and it starts to fizz and makes foam. It's for toothpaste. So it's portable toothpaste and it doesn't have to come in a tube. It comes in a glass jar and you just recycle that when it's done. So that I liked. That I thought was good. But the point is package-free sends things in as minimal or no packaging. And I appreciate that very much. Even there, they do what I do. If I have to ship something somewhere, I use packaging that I've received. I recycle the boxes, the newspaper, the bubble wrap, everything. I save all that and recycle it and send it out. Because if we keep reusing it and reusing it, it doesn't end up in a landfill. So they're great about that. 
Another thing that I do to reduce waste is I switch to bar soap and I, and I think it was on Grove that I bought these little uh, bamboo holders that have slots in them. So the soap never gets gunky. People worry about that. And so there's zero packaging on that. And I also got their barred soap shampoo and conditioner, which are excellent. They're just little bars and I keep them on a little bamboo drainer and there's no packaging involved, no tubes, no bottles to throw away. Um, very portable for travel, excellent products. So just those are some things that you can try. There's just many little changes out there that you can try. Um, one thing I started doing a few years ago is being much more conscientious about reading the labels on clothing that I'm going to buy. And so I have a rule now I will not buy clothing that's polyester or anything like that. It's just so bad for our water. It's bad for our bodies. Uh, there's all these studies done showing how much of it they're finding in the oceans because it's gone through the sewage, gone through your laundry, ends up in the oceans, and there's just amazing amounts all through the water, and it's hurting the the sea life, and it's in us. It's ending up in us, these tiny, what they call microbeads of polyester and so I already had a few items that were, and so I, I researched it and I found this. It doesn't look so impressive, but it's called, it's a stop micro waste. And it's a large bag with a zip top and a very, very fine mesh. You put your polyester items in here and wash them, and it captures all the micro beads down in the bottom of the bag so it doesn't go into the waterway. Because if I just threw if I just threw away this polyester clothing, then it's in the landfill. It's not good. If I give it to somebody who doesn't know to capture the micro beads, that's not good. So I just kept them and used them, and I washed them differently. Uh, one other little thing, I I kind of think if you can little things you can do to avoid buying plastic. I found this uh, little item. It's a vegetable brush, and it's got a wooden base to it, and it's got boar bristles. Here, so it's all natural. There's no plastic involved. This little thing, I had one before and it lasted about 18 years. And when it's done, this is fine to go into a landfill. This brand is full circle, um, easy to hold, easy to use. Uh, I just love that little. And I, I try to buy things like that that are going to last longer. So I wait until, you know, if, if you can't afford that, you know, do what you can afford, right? You know, as you can. It's all you can do. And another thing about uh, reducing plastic I forgot to mention was straws. Uh, you probably read and heard about the damage they do to wildlife and they've been killing birds and fish. Uh, so if you must use plastic straws, then please cut them into one inch pieces before you throw them away. But there are options. I actually, oh, I have one other thing. This though, this is my smoothie straw. I just wash it. I use that brush I showed you earlier. This one, it fits right into that smoothie straw and you just pump it in and out of there a few times, cleans it fantastic. And this is what I carry in my purse and it's a metal straw. This will be a lifetime straw. As long as I don't forget and leave it in a glass at a restaurant. <laughs> I've done that a few times, but uh, hopefully somebody rescued it. But these you can get in a variety of different places and it's so easy, you know, and I don't, I think that 
more than what you say, like you can't preach to people about what they should do. It's really the example you set. So when I pull out my metal straw and I tell the waitress, I don't need one, I have one. It People are like interested. They're like, what, what is that? I'm like, it's a metal straw. Why do you have that? I'm like, because it's better for the environment. Straws, I know straws are like killing wildlife. It's so easy. And so then I, I'll, they don't say anything, but eventually most of those people, I see them carrying some straws. You know, it's little things like that. They even have, I have one, I forgot to bring it out, but it's a collapsible smoothie straw that you can carry in your purse. It just opens like a, like a, a spy scope. And so you can carry that easily in your purse too. So there's all these different things you can do that um, are just little changes that add up. And the angels have been so adamant about this. They continue to talk to me about the environment and they say, you know, it's really about what each individual person is going to do, the changes that they make. There are some big things that need to be done, but when millions and millions of people make small changes, then a big difference occurs. Things start to clear. We have clear water for our children and their children, clean soil so that they can grow food. The bees replenish so they can pollinate food and we have enough food for the planet. The, the air clears so that we don't have so many respiratory issues. People are dying from dirty air and it concerns the angels greatly. They're very sad. They're very sad about the state of our planet and they talk to me about this regularly. So I felt like I have put this topic off because it's become such a political thing. But I want to be very clear, like this has been a mission since 85, long before somebody made it a political issue. It's not a political issue. It's life or death. And that's what the angels are saying. Like it's life or death for us to clean up our planet. And we don't have a lot of time to do it. So do what you can, what you're motivated to do. Um, I have to tell you that when I look around, I watch videos, I see occurrences, I'm seeing things the angel showed me in that video in 85. I'm seeing the flooding, the excessive storms, the tornadoes, the earthquakes, the fires. Oh my gosh, the fires they showed me were crazy. So I'm seeing everything they said was going to happen now, this is the time that they were showing me in 85. We're in it. And we just don't have any more time. I mean, when your angels say there's no more time to delay, you know, people have got to start taking action now. But what that action is, that's up to you. You know, talk to your angels, talk to yourself, listen to your heart. What do you feel motivated to do on your end to make a difference? Start somewhere. You know, I think every little thing you do, leads to the next step and the next step and the next one. And so it's really not hard to start incorporating changes into your life. I hope that this has been a good show and interesting and giving you some information that's helpful for you and talk to your angels, see what they have to say. I just want to remind you that next week's show is being taped in advance because I'll be out of town. And I just want to be able to spend that time with my daughter and grandsons. And, and so you'll be able to watch it on YouTube. You'll be able to listen to it on podcast, but there won't be a live show to join. And next week's topic is Archangel Raphael, one of my favorites. 
You're going to enjoy that information. And in the meantime, may your angels surround you. May your angels protect you every moment of your life. See you next week. episode.